Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, joined, as always, by my colleague, producer Scott Hamilton, and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. New signing 7-0 Australian heavyweight Justice Hooney joins us from Brisbane. Akib Fias, he's in the office to preview his upcoming fight in Liverpool. Craig Richards takes on the inaugural Alias Apron Challenge and looks ahead to his rescheduled clash with Richard Belotnik. Sandy Ryan recaps the best things to happen in boxing last week. And first up on the Ink is Dry, get ready for some back and forth between Gavin Gwynn and Craig Woodruff who preview their British title rematch in Cardiff. Don't go anywhere. Well, we're joined by Justice Hooney now from Down Under. Justice, welcome to the show. First of all, welcome to the team. That's the, the first thing we have to get out of the way, the first port of call on today's interview. How did the, the deal with Eddie, with Matram come about? What can you tell us about those conversations and how it feels for you to be part of the Matram team now? My coach, my dad, my manager, Mick, kind of sorted through everything and they just let me know as they were going along. There was a lot of... Offers uh, apparently from different promoters, but Matchroom had the had the best offer, and we're looking to go global uh, with my career. So the best option was to go with was Matchroom, and I'm and I'm very happy to be on on the team. Great stuff. And how's the uh, how's the injury holding up? I suppose you uh, you're back in the gym now, but you actually sustained a hand injury, didn't yeah. you, after your last fight? How's that all holding up now for you? Uh yeah, it was. Like when it, like straight after the fight, my hands were both a bit numb, but uh, you know I think they just came with it. After a couple of weeks, it kind of got better, and um, yeah, they're back to a hundred percent. I never had to have uh, any operation or anything on it, so you know just in training, and I'm happy and ready to go and uh, show the show the world what I've got to offer. Well, great stuff, and you're going to be boxing uh, in front of a new audience, of course, with with new fans to win over, which I'm, I'm sure you'll do. But it's a bit of a cliche question, this justice. But for fans who haven't seen much of you, particularly in the UK, obviously, Design being a global platform in America as well, what can we expect to see from you? What do you demand from yourself when you're in the ring, and, and what can we get excited about, Justice Hooney? I think the the things that work best for me, especially being in the heavyweight division. Uh, is my hand speed and foot movement. I think they're the two standouts that I, I've got a lot of good feedback on. Uh, so, you know, I'm just looking forward to being able to show, like you said, sh- show a whole new platform what i got to offer. I think those two uh, attributes you just listed there were actually exactly what I have down on my notes here. So we're certainly uh, aligned, <laughs> on, aligned on that. Very, very evident from uh, watching a couple of your fights. I'd be interested to know, um, yeah. what, what, what heavyweights do you look up to? Which ones did you sort of look at and, and try and study and take bits from growing up? Yeah, from the very beginning of um, like when I started boxing, which was at, a, I believe, around the age of seven years old, it was Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, and Evander Holyfield. Uh, and then as I grew up and started watching more and more boxes, it was like more of the lighter weight divisions, uh, like Roy Jones Jr., Floyd Mayweather, a lot of the like lighter weight and sharper guys. So um, I, I kind of just took little bits and pieces off each and every one of those guys' styles and um, slowly trying to perfect my craft and becoming to you know I know it's there's no such thing as a perfect boxer but that's what I'm trying to aim for 
Eddie did mention, didn't he, Justice, that you, you might be making your matchroom debut on an upcoming Canelo Alvarez card. So whenever Canelo's in town, wherever that yeah. may be, there's always there's always some big names around. Yeah, there, that's so. a, sorry, that's a, that's another name that I've left out, Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, he's, he's um another boxer that I look up to, and you know I take little bits and pieces off. So to be able to perform on his undercard, you know, it's a uh, very big for someone like me coming from down under. What have you noticed, um, Justice, just about the appetite for Australian boxing right now? Obviously, we've got a, a growing, growing stable of talent coming from from down mm-hmm. under. What have you noticed about the interest, the intrigue? Obviously, we had our, our first Matram show in Australia last year. Yeah. What have you noticed about, about the excitement around the country and around the place at the moment? I think um, since Matram has you know, come on board and started uh, you know, showcasing the Australian talent out there, it's it's getting bigger and bigger, and you know we're starting to have more and more success um, coming out of Australia. So, uh, you know, I think yeah, it's only the beginning, and I, I can't wait to be a part of it. Well, seven fights in the pro game now, Justice. You've already got a number of ranking titles, also the Australian heavyweight title, which you've won and defended. Do you feel though signing with Matram? You're talking about fighting on these massive cards, meeting some of your heroes. Is this? The breakout year, yeah. 2023 for Justice Hooney, is that how you see it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, I feel like uh, my first seven fights were uh, kind of like a warm-up of what's to come. <clears throat> I know I know. there's there's big things coming my way um, in the future. You know, all my job is to continue winning fights and um, continue getting more and more eyes on myself uh, through my boxing and, you know, and just life in general. Well, you're on this uh, journey, Justice, in your corner. You, you've got your dad and your coach, Rocky, as well. I've spoke to a few fighters about yeah. this previously. Um, I think we were out in Abu Dhabi last year and we spoke to Jessica McCaskill about it, who obviously works with her partner, Rick Ramos. When does the yeah. the dad marker drop down and when does coach come out? I suppose when you, when you go to the gym, if you've fallen out about who didn't, clean something up the night before the last time you, you yeah. ate together. Do, at what point do you, you bring the curtain down? Is it strictly always business when you're in the gym together? Yeah, always. I think it's like, um, I think it's just become a part of the family now. It's become like a lifestyle thing. You know, we have our dad and son time, but it's it's always surrounded around boxing. So, um, you know, I think boxing is, it just runs through the family now and, um, everyone, everyone around us knows that, and yeah, it's it's pretty much strictly business. We just want the best, you know, career and life, um, and to give this our all. So, you know, we only got one shot at it, so you know, we we got to give it our best shot. And in terms of moving forward, obviously, we've talked about twenty twenty three being the breakout for you, Justice. Is Paris twenty twenty four? Still a possibility for you. Obviously, I know you had the disappointment missing out on Tokyo with injury, but given the rule yeah. changes at, at this stage of your career, is it still something you're interested in? Because of all of the COVID stuff for the 2020 Olympics and that being pushed back, um, that's when we decided to start out the the pro career just to maintaining um, pro thing and to keep getting fights and practicing the stuff that we were working on because. You know, you can work on a lot of stuff in the gym and on the pads and um, on the bag, but it's not the same as having someone in front of you, you know, punching back at you. And also being in the arena with people watching on and under the bright lights, is a, it's, a, it's a whole different uh, pressure and 
um, than just being in the in the gym inspiring. So, um, yeah, we started we started get, getting professional fights, and um, I had already qualified for the twenty twenty Olympics, and in my fifth professional fight, I, right before we had to go away to the Tokyo Olympics, I injured my hand and had to withdraw. So. Um, I think it was just a bit too much juggling uh, back and forth. The the amateur style and being a professional, um, you know, especially with me, for my first professional fight, I was uh, fighting 10-rounders. So it was um, it was a big difference from fighting three three-minute rounds to 10 three-minute rounds. Uh, and it was just too much going back and forth. You know, we made the decision after I had to withdraw just to focus on the professional ranks, and um, that's the way we're heading from here on now. Well, there's a few heavyweights who mixed it around the same time in the amateurs as you, of course, who are also making their own waves yeah. in the professional game. Richard Torres, Fraser Clark from from here in the UK, back at the Jalalov, who. I think is uh, is highly tipped to go on to to achieve a lot in this game. Do you think you'll go on to meet yep. these guys again? Are these all guys who are on your radar as well moving forward? Man, uh, hopefully, hopefully. You know, uh, I've I've met Jablov. Where's he from? Uzbekistan. Correct. Yeah, I've I've met him in the amateurs, and I've met uh, Richard Torres in the amateurs, um, and I've I've won which against Richard, which was in the youth. Um, at the Youth World Championships, I beat Richard. Um, it's a whole different game um, in the professional ranks. you got a lot more time to work your opponent out. So, you know, um, hopefully I get to meet these guys in the, in the pros. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the next wave coming through. So, uh, it'll probably oh, possibly happen. Brilliant, Justice. We can't wait to get started, mate. Thanks so much for coming on and we'll catch up soon, yeah? Thank you so much, boys. Cheers, I appreciate it. Well, the beauty of being here at Matchroom HQ is you never quite know who's going to step through the doors on a day-to-day basis. Delighted, though, that stepping through the doors today, we have 10-0 Akib Fiaz joining us for our new Spotlight feature. Akib, great to see you, as always. First of all, um, Brentwood, Essex, what brings you south? Uh, what brings you into the office today? Yeah, just a quick meeting with Eddie, um, planning the new year um, and big plans for the new year, yeah, and hopefully get some titles in, yeah. Mixed emotions, is it, somewhat for you being back here? Obviously, we had the first fight camp and you were scheduled to fight Kane Baker, um, I think the night before the fight, wasn't it? You, you were forced out and then you came back and rematched him in, in what was a tough time for you personally. Is it mixed emotions for you, for you being back here? Just what, 100 feet away from the garden, I suppose? Yeah, and then obviously that that one happened, and then and then the year after the second fight camp, I boxed again here. Um, whilst I had a lot going on personally in my life, so it's a. I said to Asam then as we walked in, I said I don't really remember much. It's sort of kind of blank, especially fight day. <laughs> Maybe a bit of concussion as well. Um, but yeah, tough fight, tough times for me. Um, but I got through, and I feel like I'm a much stronger, and it made me become a man mature a lot quicker than maybe I should have done um, but it's all learning and it's a blessing in disguise in my opinion now well seeing you out in um, in Abu Dhabi was great um, just first of all I guess how was the whole experience for you being out there on a, on a massive show new territory um, you looked like you enjoyed every minute when you look back now was that the case 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. And even in the fight, obviously, you know, um, before the fight, didn't know much about my opponent. Just sort of knew that he had a few upsets where he should he got the results where he shouldn't have done and stuff. So he's an upset fighter that comes to upset the apple card really. And I boxed well. I enjoyed it. Um, the whole sort of week, to be honest with you. I stayed out for a couple of days with all my friends afterwards as well. So for me, that's a dream come true. Um, boxing on a big card like that abroad, it's something I dreamed of doing as a young kid. And, and to do it so early on in my career, thank you to obviously the matchroom operations and, and the sort of world, like the world that they sort of creating and fights in different areas and different places and the opportunities for us young fighters, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I remember the post-fight interview. Um I think it was actually my... I'm just going to give myself a bit of a shout-out here. The first one I did on the live broadcast, oh, well, I, I was terrified. But yeah. the fact that it was with you, I think, made me less terrified. Oh, but I remember... Isn't that cute? I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember at the time, like, you had good little pockets of support in that arena. Because I, mem- yeah. I remember saying on, on the microphone, obviously, that goes around the PA, I was like, you know, big shout-out to your, your little pockets of fans here. I mean, crazy experience, really, for you when you look Yeah, back. I think in total, uh, we did about 100 tickets, um, about... 50, 60 fl- flew over with us and um, about 40, 30, 40 of our friends live out there. So yeah, um, it was amazing really and something that I think they're looking forward to doing again, hopefully. Did they stay afterwards for a couple of days? You mentioned you had a couple of mates there. Did they yeah, all stay? Yeah, we all, we all went down to Dubai for a couple of days after as oh, well. Because right. so. I remember uh, I remember a fight you had, I think it was in Manchester just before COVID and you weighed in and the atmosphere was ridiculous. Have you, have you noticed the... The support has been and been growing and growing. Is that something you've noticed over over the last couple it's of years? Growing and growing, and to be honest with you, it's always sort of been there. Um, ever since like even the amateur days, I I would always sell a ticket, and there'd always be people there supporting me. And if you ask me why, I haven't got a clue. Really, just just the people of Oldham love their boxing. They're all behind me, and now it's not just Oldham. It's sort of branched out. People from London, different areas of the country. You know, um, and I'm just thankful. You know, because I I put everything into this boxing. I, I train day in day out. I train my heart out, um, and it's all I do. It's my life, and to see the support sort of just makes it easier. Well, good things happen to good people, Akib, and it, it's interesting what you were saying there that you you don't know why. Almost you've got the support you do. I had a, a good chat with Aaron Bowen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Aaron on who's signing. He's from Coventry, and he's got a massive support. And I think Eddie went to watch him in. In the amateurs, didn't he? And, he? and he had yeah. Yeah, the Commonwealth Games. And I think he had about 300, 400 people watching. And Aaron said a similar thing to me. He was like, I don't understand. All I am is just myself. But do you think people perhaps like you, Akib, just because, not just because you're a good fighter, but also because you're just a nice guy. You come from a very humble, nice family and you're relatable as well, I suppose, to a lot am of these I, people. Am I really a nice guy? I don't know. <laughs> you I'm are. Messing. Um, I think, yeah, it's just, you know, we've got good friends, good, you know, support. And to be honest with you, they like my family. I don't have a big family, don't have much family um, that support the boxing, but the people that do support us, you know, they're our friends and, and they are like our family. You know, they, they've been there for me through the hardest times of my life, supported us. And they're sort of, like, most of them are friends of my brother, really. They're all older than me. Um, and, and a Is lot he on of 10% of his ticket, of your ticket? So. He takes it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing and, and really I'm humbled by it because I'm nobody special, nothing special. Um, and to have the support that I have, it's unbelievable. No, you deserve the support. and It's, it's certainly only going to get bigger and I'm sure that support will be following you to, to Merseyside, to Liverpool. Obviously, Fight News dropping recently. Dean Dodge uh, up next. 
talk to us about that, the excitement of boxing in Liverpool. What do you know about Dean? And um, yeah, just good to have the, the date signed, sealed and delivered, I suppose. Yeah, um, he's a good good opponent for me. Um, I think it's a good fight um, and I'm looking forward to it. And to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to the sport as well. Like you said, um, I've not really had a, a date with a, with weeks leading up to it. Um, the time I boxed in Sheffield, my, my first fight back, um, we only got sort of put on that, I think, two or three weeks before and tickets were limited. So it was a struggle to get them out. But um this one, we've had plenty of time, plenty of notice, and hopefully there'll be a lot of people there, yeah. I watched Dodge against Reese Pilotti at your call. Um, I think it was the night before Fury White, randomly. Um, we obviously went oh, to I that fight. I remember you went, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It was quite a messy one in the end. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a step up for you. You know, Dean comes forward. And I think, personally, from what I've seen from you, your rise to the occasion, the better the opponent, the better the Aki fears. Oh, one million percent. Um, I've been sort of crying out for fights like this. Um, and to be fair, yeah, like I said... I've watched that fight with Reese Blotty. I think his only fight, his only losses, sorry, uh, are for titles yep. and for championships. So it's a good sort of level for me to be getting the win at this stage in my career and hopefully just progressing because I believe in myself and I believe in my talent. So I should be be- beating people like him, yeah. Well, Ross cl- uh, Scott um, rather claims that he's a Reese Blotty fan, but I think he's actually a bit of a Dean Dodge fan, to be honest. So. Definitely not. I mate. think you want to not keep him that side of the table, anyway. <laughs> not, um, no, definitely not. When um, when Reese got the knockout, we certainly made our, our um, feelings known and uh, got a few looks from the team Dodge on the balcony. So I'll be uh, I'll be keeping a low profile that night. <laughs> got your t-shirt, team Fiasco. Let's get it on. <laughs> we'll all wear one for the way in. Probably just about fitting a large now, but um, get an XL if you can, just in yeah, case. No <laughs> in terms of the year ahead, then Akib, twenty twenty three, first pro title assault. Is that the the plan for you? What? Um, what boxes, I suppose, when you when you're sitting in December this year, toasting to 2024? What boxes do you, do you hope you've been able well, to tick? It's it's going to be my first 12 months like back um, active again. So I feel like I'll improve with every performance, and with that, hopefully get a title. Yeah, definitely, that's the plan this year. Um, hopefully, step up to eight, ten rounds at some point as well. So yeah, big things coming. I think. Great stuff. One thing I did want to ask you about: uh, recent addition to the gym, Gamal Yafai. He's obviously in action. Um, Less than two weeks' time now in, in Nottingham. How's he settled in? Um, very experienced head, for obviously former European champion. Good, good. Another another talent to, to learn off, I suppose. Yeah, for it's, you, it's a great addition to the gym, um, and and I think fitting in our gym isn't too difficult. Um, mm. All you got to do is tie your pants, really. <laughs> That's uh, a reference to Nigel Travis <laughs> and his, uh, his kegging capabilities. For those who don't know, yeah. Um, but I mean, he he fit fit straight in. Um, he stays at the house. The fight house that Jamie's got, um, where Chantel stays, Sean McGoldrick, and a few others that come over as well. And I think he's enjoying it. He's, I've seen him improve quite a bit as well. Um, and it's good for me to learn learn from someone of, of that calibre, yeah. Boxing, obviously, a very individual sport. No one can really help you once that bell rings. But I suppose when you, you have a relationship like you do with Jamie and Nigel, every time you're going back to that corner for that minute, it must give you a different type of confidence, a different type of security when you walk into the ring, knowing that you're, you're going to have that throughout the fight? Yeah, I mean, I put my full trust and faith in Jamie and I sort of believe everything he says because he's been there and done it all himself as well. And you know when someone, watching some of Jamie's fights, you know someone who dug as deep as he did, that you've got to take his word for it and if he's saying something, usually he's right 99% of the time. So, yeah, it gives... Great, you know, to have him in the corners and, and, and he's re- really good. He sees things that you don't really see as well. Sometimes when you're watching a fight, he'll pick things out. But I'll sit there and watch sparring with him and he'll say, watch this. And you'll think, wow, you, you'd have never spotted it. 
but he's got a great eye for it as well, I think, yeah. Well, Akim, great to catch up with you, as always. Um, we look forward to seeing you back in action in Liverpool and uh, your travelling support. Always great to see your brother, Assam, who's, who's over there. What's he doing, taking some... Behind the scenes, I think, I think he's on the yeah. he's on the phone to Dizona Misfits talking about tag team boxing. I yeah. think he's trying that's, to that's try the line real reason we're here. <laughs> <laughs> he's signing his contract with Eddie. <laughs> the Fias brothers, yeah, could be quite a force. I think the Fias brothers. What do you think? Yeah, like what, the Klitsch goals. What, what would your ring <laughs> ring walk music be? Michael, Michael Bublé. Bublé. Different. Well, wow. different. Okay. okay, that's the first kid from Oldham we've ever heard. Listen and, to and will be the last Bublé. as well. Yeah. <laughs> just one thing to touch on before we go, actually, Jamie. I know you're just wrapping up there, but um, I think it's quite important to talk about the charity work you've done in your community um, over the last year or two. I know you've raised a hell of a lot of money, and you're an ambassador as well for Human Appeal. I yep. think. Do you want to just maybe talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well. Um, to be honest with you, it sort of stumbled across us really. A friend of ours um, works with Human Appeal and, and came to me with the opportunity of, we, we do a lot of charity work, it's part of our religion, it's part of our faith, it's one of the pillars of Islam, so we do it anyway. Um, we've been doing charity car washes since I was about 10, um, and we always always do okay with it. It's a few cars out the front actually, if you, uh, you get a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you got your stuff on some. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then, then I think it was 2021, um, we were approached by Human Appeal about coming on board, helping out. The first year, it worked really well, to be honest with you. Looking back now, everything happens for a reason. And, and they came on board and we raised the money. And then my mother, that who sadly passed away later on that year, the money that we raised, then they give as charity in her name. So it was all sort of a blessing in disguise, really. And then the f- this, fa- this last year that's just gone by... Um, Every year they ask me to pick a project, what I would like to raise money for. This year I picked orphans. Um, I wanted to raise money for an orphanage. And absolutely, we absolutely smashed the targets and sort of doubled what the, what the asking sort of money was for wow. to look after 100 orphans. So we managed to do 200, I think it was. So it was unbelievable. And obviously it's easy for me to say, oh, I, I do the charity work. But it's not just me. It's a collective team. We all take part and everyone did. Everyone does their bit and it's amazing and it's just I'm actually after the fight hopefully travelling out to Pakistan to see the Waterworld project that we did and some of the orphans as well so I'm looking forward to it I actually really enjoy it and it's something that I would love to do after boxing really it's good to I think he's further proven my point right about we being one of the nicest guys in boxing is there is there still able for you know donations and stuff is there any any links that you um, could give a well, shout out to well, well last year project's finished this year hopefully um we sort of do it during Ramadan because that's the time I'm off from training as well. I have a lot of spare time, but hopefully um, next couple of weeks I'll pick the project and you should be seeing it on the socials, hopefully. Yeah. Akib, always a pleasure, like I just said earlier on. Keep your eyes out on social media for Akib's next project, of course, and also keep your eyes on social media for any news that might be coming out from a matchroom perspective. Massive year coming up for you, Akib, and beyond. Great to see you. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up very soon, top yes. man. Thank you, nice guys. We've got Eddie called We Answered. We're back, season two, episode one. You're fresh off the plane from, from last week, of course, out in New York. First show of 2023 for Matchroom, live in the zone. Good week, good night. Um, look good watching it from home. Don't think I'm fresh, first and foremost. You look pretty fresh. Thanks, mate. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that New Year sort of feel and ready to stuck into it. Yeah, it was a good week. Good week, fun. Went went by really, really quickly, actually. I think a lot of people said that. I don't know if that's because it was the first one of the year and everyone was looking ahead to, to fight day in particular. But yeah, it flew by. And yeah, the fights were, were pretty fun as well. I mean, the main event, absolute chaos. Alicia had done well as well. Um, yeah, it was a good little show, to be fair. And obviously, we were all waiting with 
bated breath, unaware of really what was going to happen in the main event. Obviously, we knew Katie Taylor was flying over to watch the fight. Amanda got the job done, which was obviously disappointing for Erica Cruz. No doubt she'll come back and be involved in big fights in the future. But to have that fight signed, sealed, delivered, obviously the venue's still up in the air. But in Dublin, the rematch, Katie Taylor-Serrano, May 20th. Mate, that's, that's one... Doesn't get much bigger than that, does it? No, no. And I think, um, you know, we said on the last pod, I think, looking back at April 30 last year, it was an I was there moment. I think this this has all the makings of the, of the same. There's no reason why this can't... It's going to be hard to excel and you know, exceed mm. that, but I th- you know, certainly live up to, to the hype, I'm sure. Um, certainly one that stands out from our announcement schedule as a, a bit of a landmark moment. So uh, very pleased that Katie's got a homecoming and uh, it should be a good, good, good week. 100%. Well, I was just like... We're talking about that word manifest has been said a few few times on this podcast. But sure, Nick, might, man, have to be the, uh, <laughs> might have to be the title of the pod, I think. But I went over to Dublin earlier this week to film with Gary Cully, who's obviously in action in Nottingham next week. And just we, we went to Croke Park and we went to the Free Arena and just soaking up what would be such a special night and will be such a special night in Dublin next summer. It just gives you that, that feel already. Even just being at, at those arenas and being in Dublin and listening to people talk about the fight, you know, just the the appetite for that fight for Katie is huge and she so deserves it, doesn't she? And I think it was so important. You know, I think after even after everything she's re- achieved in her career, Katie, I don't think she'd have been 100% happy unless she'd had this big homecoming night. Yeah, there's also three reasons why that hasn't happened. Um, and people, like you say, Gary will have his eye on, a, on yeah. an undercard slot as well. So it's not just about the main event here. I think it does spread further to the actual whole event, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. You know, it's big time boxing back in Ireland. The fans on the ground there will be, you know, very thirsty for a night like this. So, uh, yeah, roll on May 20. 100%. Can't wait. Let's talk about what we've been up to this week. Uh, if you are hearing a bit of background noise, that is our groundskeeper here at the Matchroom HQ. I think he's just started up the leaf blower. Good old um, Willie. Is that his name? <laughs> Willie. Yeah, it might be. From now on, it is. Um, Anthony Joshua press conference, obviously, the Jermaine Franklin fight, well and truly announced now. Tickets... Nearly gone for the O2 Arena. Just talk to us about this fight, Scott. I guess people have been describing this as a confidence booster. People have been talking about for ages that, oh, AJ needs that dog in him again that he had from years ago and he needs to go in and put it on people and knock people out. People are saying that Jermaine Franklin is the man for him to do that against. But is that unfair? Is that Definitely. a disservice? Definitely. We thought that about Dillian White. I um, I certainly did. I, I backed Dillian for an early KO and... You know, he stood his ground and, and got through and almost almost edged it, didn't he? I think Anthony said something yesterday. It was quite interesting at the press conference. Someone you know, positioned that to him in one of his interviews afterwards and he sort of turned around and said, you know, I disagree with that. You know, I, I train, prepare and fight accordingly to the, to the opponent. So, you know, he was almost trying to take a backward step from the dog sort of mentality. And I kind of get where he's coming from. Obviously, with Usyk, he had to make adjustments in the rematch. Um, but that being said, you know, on the face of it, you kind of think that, need to do that you know I suppose there is some critics out there fans media and the like there's a, a lot to play for in this fight new trainer yeah um, third fight with a third trainer is that correct uh, yeah um, Derek James obviously I think he was training the year last year wasn't he an excellent gym over there in Texas the likes of you know Charlo of course and, and Errol Spence as well the list goes on do you see this as a, an interesting link up I mean there's no denying Derek James's capabilities as a coach, but the dynamic between the two, he was very complimentary of AJ's intelligence and, and his approach and his his desire to learn and get better. Do you see this as being a, a fruitful relationship? Yeah, definitely. I quite like the fact, you know, he, he's sort of going out of his comfort zone a little bit and going to America. I like that. We'll hopefully see the, the fruits, as you say, come uh, April 1st. Yeah, you're bang on there. I think I've heard a few fighters talking about it before. When you get to a certain level, especially in this day and age, when everything's captured on camera, you can't have a bad day. Because you can't walk down the street and if 
one person comes up mm. to you, this is their, oh my God, it's Anthony Joshua, for example. And if you're having a bad day and you might be a little bit off with that person, all that person's going to do is release that video and tell everyone that you're horrible. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, it must be an incredible pressure to pressure, have mate, to, that, to be like that. You know, that. When you get to the top level in any sport industry, you know, business does come with that, I guess, in a way. Um, and I guess it, you know, it kind of coincides quite nicely with, a, if you want to call it a, a rebuild of sorts to this next assault, he can get his head down a little bit and, and crack on maybe a little bit quieter than, than usual. You know, he's not, he's not going to be appearing on, not saying he ever was one for you know lots of media and whatnot, but he can maybe go about his work probably how he wants to do so for this one. We know how he feels. I mean, we can't even go to Brent Motesco anymore without well, getting recognised. Yep, very true. The old <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's going to be a great night at the O2. Some big fights on the undercard as well. Few a few announced, few to be announced um, as well in the in the coming days and weeks. The fight schedule in itself was announced. When you look at the fights, you looked at the fights we talked about last year. We wanted to see. There's a few on there for me. Cordina Rakimov, very excited for that for for that big night in Cardiff in April, and hopefully a massive night again for Joe Cordina to regain that IBF title. Yeah, that that does stand out. I was watching the darts last night actually. It was um at the at the arena, and you know we can remember being there when Cordina got that massive knockout. It's very intimate in there, isn't it? It's mm, quite small. Yeah, yeah, it's small, but it's it's the way it's tiered. You know, you can get like six seven thousand people in there, and the noise just bounces off the roof. So yeah, that that stands out. I think we're going on sale next week. So if you're interested in coming along, sign up on our website for ticket alerts and stay tuned there. I really like Diego Pacheco and Jack Cullen. That, that that's a great fight. Yeah, yeah, that for me is is of interest. We obviously you know rate Diego very highly, and you know, he's touted and now ranked with a few of the governing bodies. And you know, with Jack Cullen, he, he's going to bring it. Tough. Whoever he fights, tough guy. I always remember. Um, when Jack Cullen boxed Felix Cash, if you've got if you've got a bit of time to yourselves, you should go and watch that fight. Uh, the highlights of that fight that was incredible, wasn't it? That was in Manchester, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, you know, right. we we saw Jack in in a great fight there and a good fight here at Fight Camp as well with Zach Chelly. Uh, always brings it, doesn't he? Always brings it. And this is a yeah, very important fight. fight for Jack Cullen because if he can't if if he can't win this fight, you know, where does Jack go from here? You know, so a lot on the line for both guys in that in that fight, but. I suppose when we're talking about upcoming fights that we're looking forward to, it's difficult to look too far ahead than what we've got next weekend. I was up in Nottingham at the city ground where Josh Warrington in Leeds United end, who was getting so much abuse on his way round to meet Lee Wood around the halfway point for a little bit of a chat. Lee Wood has uh, said he's going to clear up Josh's Mexican mess was the exact way that he described it. We've got a, a little snippet of that dropping very soon, but that's potentially a fight to look forward to in the summer. But first of all, Lee's got serious business to take care of but he's so confident yeah. so relaxed I mean just I'm talking to him this week and he's you would not think he is in a fight at this magnitude next weekend well they've picked him haven't they they can see something in in his armour in his defence that they can exploit so yeah that's probably one of the reasons Lee is so confident I don't think it's going to go six rounds but I think you may have a different opinion well I think my thing is that everyone's always jumping on you know the last fight okay Mick Conlon put Lee Wood down mm -hmm. in the first round and then everyone's saying, well, oh, Mauricio Lara's a far bigger puncher than Mick Conlon. What's he going to do if, if he lands on Leewood in the same fashion? I think what you've got to look at is the way that Mick Conlon was able to land that shot on, on Leewood. Mick Conlon was a fantastic amateur, a very good, skillful, technical boxer, was setting the shot up lovely with the feints and, and landed a right hand over the top. You I don't think Lara is as, as skilled as Michael Conlon. I don't think no, he'll be able to land that shot in the way Mick did in that fight. And I think, you know, out of the two, Lee is a superior boxer to Mauricio Lara. Ben Davison's a smart man. 
even though he knows Lee has power, Lee knows he has power, he's not going to stand and, and fight with him. You know, obviously in every fight, you might there, there's times where you might have to plant your feet and throw some hands. Yeah, my concern is Lee will get dragged into it and he might... Well, the crowd could play into that. Mm. But he does seem disciplined. Um, I, I have a feeling that Lee, we might see a, a disciplined performance from Lee Wood in this fight, similar to perhaps the Kanju fight. I've got a feeling Lee Wood might. This might go the distance. I think I might be the only person who believes that, and this could bite me uh, on the backside. And you get six to one with our betting partner, Betfred. (laughs) There you uh, go. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, but I I think Lee Wood might win this fight with a a disciplined performance. Well, yeah, if it is disciplined, it will still be carnage. I think there's still going to be moments, 100%. 100%, But I just, I have faith in in Lee Wood that he, um, there's methods to the madness of choosing to right, dance with be. the devil. You know, they, they, there must be at there this stage. Be. Why, when he's one fight away, as, as it's looking like from his dream fight at the city ground, why would you voluntarily pick Mauricio Lara? There's got to be, there's got to be a, a lot of confidence in the in the Davison and Wood camp and, and I buy into that. And they've had a long time to prepare for it. Obviously, it, it fell through Twice, before. Yeah. So, exactly. So, more so than ever, they'll be you know, prepared in more ways than one. You know, they'll have plan B, C, if, if things are not going to, to script. So, yeah, very intrigued. And I do think that cherry pick element is making me, yeah, maybe overthink things, which is probably a good thing, actually, because you want to be invested into a fight. So. This is why we love the sport, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Hey? Just, All these questions. I can see so many outcomes, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised at any of them, like I mentioned. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, unfortunate news to hear about Deck Spellman. So, our thoughts uh, 100%, go yeah. out to, to Deck um, and best wishes for the future. And uh, I guess with we, we, Chev working on, Chev will still be on the card, working on the opponent replacement for him. Some other big fights to look forward to. Great to see Gary Colley in action, um, who I mentioned earlier. Can't wait, Dalton Smith also returning to action of course but cannot wait for that main event Lee Wood Mauricio Lara will be back of course live in Nottingham next week lots of great guests related to that show so that's one for you all to look forward to well Dance Partners has gone and as alluded to our in season 2 teaser we have a new quiz fighters will have 30 seconds to match up fighter nicknames from the present and the past earning a point for each correct answer and losing a point for each incorrect answer let's see what we can bring out from underneath the alias apron producer scott that is absolutely horrendous but here we go craig richards first guest craig great to have you how are you sir i'm good thank you good as always Good stuff. Good to catch up with you yesterday as well. I would say a uh, long time no see, but it's uh, not been a very long time, has it? All smiles for you at the Anthony Joshua press conference yesterday. I suppose just being there, soaking it all up, doing all your interviews, good for you to, to be part of another big show at the O2. Yeah, 100%. When you get a fight date, it's always good news, exciting times. And when you get a bit on a big show as well, um, with loads of eyes, it's definitely exciting. So it was all smiles for me yesterday. Just excited. Looking forward to April the 1st. And for Belotniks as well, um, you've been telling me all sorts. You said that he's been sending you videos and his coach has been in your DMs on Instagram and they've been having your videos of you on in the gym when they've been sparring. He, he, he wants this and uh, he believes there's some sort of conspiracy going on as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he thought there's some conspiracy. He thought I was trying to shuffle out the fight. As I said, it was, you look at my resume, I never ducked or dodged anyone, so I found it a little bit disrespectful. But it's all right, because April the 1st, we're there now. And to have this fight back on, uh, we, we talked about it yesterday, but for you, obviously, you, you could have look, looked to have gone different avenues. Um, obviously, you were forced out of the Bolotniks fight through, through illness in fight week last year. But why was it, Richard, that you wanted to, to get this fight rescheduled with? Uh, I just think because he's a good fighter. He's up there. He's a tough fighter. And I think um, 
it kind of pushes me back into that contention for the world champions because I think he just to stay just below them. Um, so if I can beat him and beat him good, then I'm ready for the big boy. And it's ge- just not tricking myself. And in uh, in general, Craig, the uh, the AJ presser, big big night for AJ, isn't it? Um, on April first, Jermaine Franklin putting a good performance against Dillian White. Do you believe? Um, this is the confidence booster fight that AJ needs. Do you believe that might be a bit harsh and people are overlooking Jermaine Franklin? How do you see it? Uh, I think they are overlooking him um, in a way, but I think that AJ has the tools. It's just, you know, sometimes when you're um, as good as you are, it doesn't do you any favour sometimes because the expectation of him is to go out there and blow out someone like Franklin with the skills that AJ's got. Um, But it doesn't mean that Franklin's not a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. Just AJ is an elite fighter. And, um, sorry, <laughs> Craig, just for a bit of context, Eddie has just sent a video. I think it's been... Oh, he's done it. Oh, Eddie, Eddie sent us a porn video. <laughs> He'd made it out that there was some mad accident on Brentwood High Street. It's not. That's quite funny, actually. Oh, we'll, funny we'll, we'll cut that bit out. Yeah, we'll cut, we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> we could leave in. We could leave that one in. I think we will. fuck's sake. We're going to head into the Alias Apron quiz now. Um, you've been involved in a lot of big fights. I said this to all the guys and girls who did the quiz last year. You know, when you're yeah. involved in these big fights, compared to these types of quizzes where you've got 30 seconds and the pressure's on, do you tend to be more nervous for, for this type of thing? Yeah, probably more nervous than the big fights. <laughs> Actually, no, the big fights are going to get knocked out in front of thousands and millions of people, do you? Well, so maybe. You, you also don't want to come bottom of the alias April leaderboard, mate. So, yeah, I definitely don't do that either. <laughs> well, the good, the good news is after today, you'll be top because you're the only man on the list. So, there's, yes, there's... number one. <laughs> so, I'm as, tweet that <laughs> as it is the first one, Craig, uh, a little bit of housekeeping, a few rules. So, there is no hints or teasers. You can skip a, you can skip a nickname if you're unsure of one. We can go on to the next one. Um, okay. First name, surname. Um, we obviously need the surname. Uh, minimum. If you get the first name, we might give you a, a bonus point should it come down to a tiebreaker. Uh, and there is a charity angle as well. So whoever finishes in the top three at the end of the season, and then we'll we'll jump straight in. It could be carnage. It could be fun. It could be revolutionary. Who knows? Well, Craig Spider, Spider, very much your alias, Craig Spider Richards. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, I'm good to go. I'll count you down from three, two, one. Over to you, Scott. First one is lights out. Kelbrook. No, that's chocolate brownie. Lights out. Skip. Little Leavers Meat Cleaver. Jack Cullen. Correct. The Executioner. Uh, skip. Merciless. Skip. The White Rhino. Dave Allen. Correct. The Atomic Ball. Skip. Caskiller. I think we'll do one more because of the timings there. Last one. Bad intentions. What other show? <laughs> I, think it might, I think it might have been, you know. That was a show, is that? Yeah. Bad intentions was a Joshua show, actually. I think you're right, yeah. Any last guesses, Craig? Uh, but, uh, I'll say Mike Tyson, but we know he's I on Mike. <laughs> no. Okay. We're gonna, we're, I mean, I must admit, Scott, I, I, didn't, I think I knew the ones that Craig got. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's a bit of a stitch up. Hard. Yeah, to be honest, Craig, I think it. I think it's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's meant to be difficult, mate. So that was a stitch up. Some of the. Well, who was that? Um, who was that first one again? Uh, yeah, who James, was James, 
James Tony. James Tony. Yeah. I'm so sad. I knew I had James Tony as well. And you oh, could have had Bernard Hopkins oh, was the executioner. I've got, I've got, I've got. You got who, who was the executioner? Bernard Hopkins. Oh, Bernard Hopkins, obviously. Oh, so it's, it's easy now, isn't it? Merciless Ray Mercer. Oh, Ray Martha. And he, I met him in the gym as well. Oh, mate. It's, it's hard when the pressure's on. Should we start again, Craig? We'll pretend you, we've just done yeah, it for the first time. Yeah, let's start again. Let's start again. Let's start again. Let's start again. Let's start You've got three. Yeah, three. So three is the, the start and That's pretty good, to be fair, because I think this is going to be a hard one. That's not bad going, Craig. Yeah. What would you think of that? Three? Pretty good? Yeah, it'll do. It's not what I would like, but we'll, we'll have to. Craig, you're, you're top of the league, mate. You're That's what that matters. Craig. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll catch up soon, mate. A big fight with Belotniks That's to look good. forward to on April the first, and uh, sure we'll be down the gym to see you very soon in camp. But always good to catch up, and uh, have a good weekend, mate. We'll catch up soon, yeah. Well, in September of last year, Gavin Gwynn defended his British lightweight title against Craig Woodruff. The fight was called a draw and the pair meet in the rematch in Cardiff on April the 22nd, live on the zone. Guys, thanks for coming on. Gavin, I'm going to come to you first as a defending champion. For the boxing fans, why yep. do you think there was an appetite to see this fight again? Why do you think we had to see this rematch? Because it was a close fight and obviously it was a it was a great fight as well. It, it was all back and forth all the way through. Like um it was a it was a great fight for the fans. Um I know all the fans who went up they all enjoyed it. And it'll be even better in Wales. Like we got all the all the Welsh crowd they'll be rammed there. I'm sure it'll sell out pretty quick as well. So what was there six thousand in the motor point? Yeah, around there, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. All well hard. And and both Welsh boys fighting for the British title, like it'll be um it'll be a great event. Just just that fight, let alone um Joe uh challenging for his old title back as well. And Craig, for you, big opportunity on a Dazone show, a matchroom card as well. How pleased are you to have your shot at redemption in Wales um on April twenty second as well? Yes, um, yes, it's great to obviously like the first fight was good. We sh- it shouldn't have been in Bolton, like we said before, really. Should have been in Wales in the first place, but it's great for everyone that, you know, everyone that couldn't travel at the bottom, couldn't travel to Cardiff, mate. You know, there's a lot of people buzzing for it. And I can't wait, yeah. It's going to be, um, well, the first fight one contest of the year just speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? And the two of you have sparred before, of course, I believe. Was there anything that surprised you about each other during that fight? I'll come to you first, Gav. How do you reflect on, on the first fight now? You've had a few months to process it all. Not really. I knew Craig was going to be, like, slippery, like like sort of on the back foot sort of thing and, and trying to keep me long because that's like that's what Craig boxes he boxes nice and slick and um, tries to box on the back foot sort of thing so nothing really surprised me other than the fact that he lasted the 12 rounds he was fit fair play to him he was fit for the 12 rounds but um, yeah not, not, other than that nothing really surprised me no and for you Craig this, the same question having Shared those twelve rounds with Gavin Gwynn. How do you how do you reflect on the fight yourself? I knew he'd be um he's always fit and he's always in the gym. So fair play. I know he's fit. He's tough, he's a tough lad, and he likes to come forward. So he didn't nothing surprise me, no. Listening to both your post fight interviews, you both had a similar opinion that you believe you should have got the nod, that you won the fight. Gav, I'll come to you first on this one, you still echo those thoughts, having watched the fight back, you still feel it's one that you should have had your hand raised over the 12? Yeah, definitely. I thought I just nicked it by two rounds. Obviously, mm-hmm. being the champion, the closer rounds, um, the, the judges normally give it to the champion. Like so, But got, 
go, I watched it back, and honest to God, after like I got out the ring, I even said to Tony, "I box shit then, didn't I?" I was just walking forward, my hands up, not even not even to duck under the shots. I was just taking them on the gloves, but it was down to the fact that they knew Craig couldn't hurt me, and I was just taking them on the gloves and just being stupid with it, fighting with my heart rather than using my head and and trying to box a little bit on the way in, sort of thing, but. Yeah, I, I thought I just nicked it by like two, two, three rounds. Yeah, like um, the one scorecard was like, was it four, five rounds? Was it? it was that, that? It wasn't that that uh, wide, but I thought I, I thought I just nicked it by like two, three rounds. Yeah. Craig, what's your uh, your response to Gavin? Believing he nicked the fight, I suppose you'll have the same opinion that, that it's a fight you still feel you won. Yeah, well, I thought when we went at the tenth, I thought it was five five, and I thought I won the last two rounds. And I thought I pressed the last two and I thought I won it. And, you know, ended a fight coming. He asked me for a rematch for the verdict he even gave. So that speaks for itself, really. Is that true, Gav? Is it, is it a rematch you asked for as well? Yeah, but if you remember, Craig, you said as well, um, I'm going to retire if I don't get the verdict beer. Yeah, because, yeah, I know I did. Yeah. I still thought I nicked it. How different yeah. a fight, how different but, a fight I, do you think we can Wouldn't have said you were going to retire if, if you didn't think you had it? Well... Yeah, well, you know, I'm fighting um I'm fighting away on a Wasserman show with a Wasserman fighter, close fight. They gave a draw. But he speaks for himself, really, if you ask me. Are you uh, are you approaching this rematch any differently, Gavin? Are you are you are you training yeah. harder than perhaps you were for the first time? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I I boxed rubbish the lot. I I'd give myself two out of ten. I boxed shit. Like and obviously everyone knows now I broke my hand. I don't think I would have boxed any better. I probably would have boxed the same with fucking two hands. I was just I was I was more like using the macho image, trying to walk him down instead of using my brains. But you're gonna be you're gonna see a, a lot better fighter this time round. Obviously I got two hands, I'll be punching with two hands this time. I'm gonna I'm going to put on a, it'll be a different Gavin Gwynn and, and there on the 22nd of April, yeah. What's your uh, mindset like, Craig, heading into this fight? You said you might have retired if you didn't get the verdict. You haven't done. You're here now. You're in camp for a massive platform, a massive rematch. What's your, your mindset heading into this fight? What do you need to do differently? In fact, I got more than four weeks to train for this time. Kept me in the dark last time. I, I won't be giving no silly shots away, which cost me the win, I think, because I gave him a couple of free shots. But that's the like you said, the macho. I think I was doing the macho things. So I was just showing he can't hit me as well as like, he said I can't hit him, which is probably true. He can't hit me, but to be honest, I'd be a lot better than I was last time. Crack, you know, fix all the wrongs and, and go from there. Uh, Gav Craig just said that you kept him in the dark there. Um, what do you think he means by that? And, and if he has had more than four weeks, like you said, you're expecting, you're expecting a much better version of, of Craig Woodruff? Yeah, like like Craig said, but hey, I, I'm I'm in the gym. I'm a, I'm a consummate professional. I'm trained all year round. I've committed my life to boxing. Um, I give up my job. I, I've, I've lost so much money going, going through this process. It's unbelievable. So he's saying... <clears throat> We had four weeks preparation. Being a professional, you should be in the gym day in, day out. Um, I did. I didn't know no different to Craig. Um, I I found out four weeks to go, and then they said about tickets. So I was like, oh, here we go. So I was I was in the same boat as Craig. Like, have you thought about Craig? How how life changing this fight could be for you if you if you are to have your hand raised in this rematch about where that might lead to and how things could change for Craig Woodruff? Yeah, it's massive. I just got to capitalize on it now, and I you know make it worthwhile because obviously. Boxing don't last forever, and obviously it's life after boxing as well. So, and I got two kids to look after, so it's not it's not about me at the end of the day. It's about my two kids at home, so, so that's my motivation there. Is that the same for you, Gavin? Are you a family man? Is that uh, where the, the motivation comes from? Not only for your family though, but also for yourself. I feel like you have big ambitions still in this sport, and you believe that 
you belong beyond this level. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like uh, my first uh, couple of tries of winning the British title uh, beforehand, be- before we start recording, I said, like, I, I boxed two fringe world level fighters um, for the British title. And I think I think I got m- more titles in me. I think I can move on to European and, and like, challenge the likes of Maxi Hughes for a world title. Um I'm not just looking at this as this is a must. This is a must-win uh, fight. I'm not saying no different, but I know I can win this fight and move on. Well, it is Merthyr versus Newport. I think there's only about thirty miles between the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fight in uh, heading into this fight in Cardiff, uh, Gav. I've seen yeah. you meant to win that British title. Like you say, I was there for the Cordina fight, there for the Tennyson fight. In front of your own people, what's it going to take for someone to take that belt from you? It's going to take a lot. Like. Be honest, you. I didn't have no spite in that last fight. I just didn't have no go in me. Like go through training camp. Even Tony said, "What's what's the matter?" I don't, I don't know what I don't know what it was. It just didn't have no get up and go. But this time round, I know I got to win. It's going to change my family's life. I got big aspirations in the sport, and um, yeah, I don't. I honestly believe no one will beat me on the twenty second of April. Is that the same for you, Craig? Have you got the the bit between your teeth to make sure you win this fight in in your home country as well? Oh yeah. Hundred percent, and I, I definitely got the skill set as well. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'll just turn up and do it. Well, now as you both get um, stuck into camp, do you have a a final message for each other? Perhaps a final message of good luck until the pair of you do meet in fight week. Yeah, train hard, Greg White. Yeah, you too, kid. Great stuff. Gavin Green versus Quag Ridge for the British lightweight title. Eight and twenty second live on the zone. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up. With Sandy Ryan. Sandy, I believe you're um, out in Portugal at the minute. Is that the case? What, what are you doing out there? Yeah, so the, the plan was just to come out, do a bit of training and like just get back into routine of uh, training camp after Christmas period. And then two weeks had gone and I was like, oh, I'm not going back home yet. I'm staying here. Like The weather's good. The training's going well. Basically, just come away just to focus on myself, spend a bit of time on my own. Basically that. How's the uh, how's the general mindset for you, Sandy, heading, in, heading into 2023? Obviously, last year had some difficult periods within the year for you, but you turned things around, you finished the year really strongly. How are you feeling as a whole heading into this year? You must feel positive. Yeah, I'm very positive going into this year. Obviously, finished last year strong, so I'm excited for this year and I'm very positive and I believe this year is going to be, um, some, it's going to be a special year. What can you tell us about when we can expect to see you next? Obviously, doing really well at 140 pounds, looking to make an assault on that world title. Chantel Cameron holds all the belts. I know the two of you have had a bit of back and forth in the past. Is that the fight that you're building towards? What can you tell us about about what's on the agenda for this year for you, Sandy? Anything really. I've had actually other fights uh, mentioned to me, which I'm still waiting to be confirmed. Obviously, I can't really say much on that, but. Any any fights, any big fights really now. Um, obviously, the big fights for the title fights, build them up. I will fight any, any anyone now. Um, and I'm hoping to, for it to be a big fight in my next fight. Well, there's also um, a lot of talk about Katie Taylor's next move. Do you think you could uh, could go down to fight Katie at 135? Could we see that? I could push for 135, you know. I'll be very skinny, though. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I do let... My last, um, my last two weigh-ins, I've, I've woke up, I've woke up at that. But I don't really want to go down to one three five, to be honest. No, don't blame you. Don't blame you. I think what, what we're going to do now, Sandy, yeah. obviously looking forward to uh, 
some big fights coming for you earlier on this year. Let's um, throw to Scott, who's got some shouts from the fans. A uh, lot of big things happening in boxing last week. So, Scott, we're going to throw to you. What's the first shout? First shout is from Marie Cans, who says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Serrano versus Cruz. What a war. What a fight. I've watched it back twice already. Well, that was um, an amazing fight. I watched that one from the comfort of my own bed, actually, um, in the early hours of, of oh. Sunday morning, what it would have been. Sandy, is that a fight that you've caught up on? Have you seen any of the highlights of, of that one? I watched it. I watched it back. Um it was a great fight. Like she just brings the war. That was such an entertaining fight. Um, I actually watched that in the gym while I was doing the card, doing my cardio. <laughs> it was a lot I of. Uh, it. it was a bloody affair, wasn't it? Um, I suppose when you're watching fights like that and you're and you're having a nice chilled day in Portugal, are you sort of thinking, why on <laughs> earth do I do this to myself? <laughs> I know because I love a war as well. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Like it's crazy, but Chris sometimes he 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 has to hold me hold me on a leash. Who have you got in the uh, in the rematch, Taylor Serrano? Close fight, isn't it? I think Amanda might have it this this one, you know. Ooh, interesting. Hopefully Katie's not listening. Mm. Kate, Katie is a friend of the show. She's been on before, so... Um, I doubt she'll be listening. Yeah, I do as well. <laughs> I do as well. Um, next shout, Scott. What's happening? Jamie Dyer says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Joyce versus Sang being announced violence. Uh, it's a good fight, that. Uh, an interesting fight. Sandy, do you know Joe Joyce, I suppose, from, from the amateur days? Yeah, I was, was on the team. Um, was on GB together. <laughs> Joyce has just got a good... He's just got an engine. He's like he's like a Duracell battery. <laughs> you <laughs> know, they, you know them ones that... If you want to get... If you want to go and buy some batteries, go get a Duracell battery because they last longer. He's like one of them. <laughs> that could be a good sponsorship opportunity for him. Um, you should pass that on. <laughs> The next shout is from Lox612, who says, Jake, Paul and Tommy Fury finally on. Weirdly, I want to see this fight. Well, I must admit, I'm always interested in fights where, regardless of the level, where they've both spoke so much and they've both got so much riding on it that it makes you want to watch it. Is that the case for you, Sandy, with this fight with Jake, Paul and Tommy Fury? I'm not sure if you've got any interest in this whatsoever, but are you, yeah. is there part of you that's interested to see what's going to happen? Oh yeah, definitely. I think everyone, even if they say they're not, they are interested in seeing what's happening. And to be fair, I actually like Jake Paul. I think he's funny. He, he's one <laughs> so, of them Marmite characters, I, I, isn't he? Splits opinion a lot of the time, but uh, do you make him the favourite? I think he's got a good chance. They're early on in their career, aren't they? And so, I, I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. Yeah, love it or hate it, I think you're going to watch it. Um, mm. and, and then the last, yeah. the last shout this week, actually from from more than uh, more than a handful of people, saying uh, Alicia Baumgartner becoming undisputed champion last week was the best thing to happen. Yeah, really happy for for AB. That was a massive win for her, and she she deserves it. It's something she's manifested for a long time. Something that you manifest as well, Sandy. One day we're sure that will be you. Um, what do you make of Alicia Baumgartner? The direction she, she's going in, and I guess any of these girls on you know, looking between the weights, are they somewhat on your radar? Is Alicia Baumgartner someone that you've looked at? Yeah, I love what she's doing. And she, what what she's saying, she's delivering, isn't she? Um, I seen her put a tweet the other day, uh, 130 to 140 pound division. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> 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 but yeah, who knows? That could be a fight down the line. And I suppose for you, like I, I t- said that word there, manifesting. What do you see when you 
when you think about the years to come, even might be short term, when, when you think about the Sandy Ryan name, the belts that are going to go alongside that name, what do you see in your mind? What can you tell us about where do you believe you'll be in a couple of years' time, Sandy? I've been kind of manifesting a lot recently and, I'm, and I, I truly believe that I'm, something big is going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and that's all, that's all I can like think of right now. Like something big is going to happen sooner rather than later. Don't doubt that for a second. Sandy Ryan, always um, good to catch up. We look forward to seeing, hearing fight news very soon, seeing you back yeah. in the ring in 2023. And um, yeah, we, we echo those thoughts. Sure, you're going all the way to the top and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks as always for listening to Flash Knockdown. That is the first episode of Series 2. We've got loads of big names, big guests and big fights to preview on the Inkies Dry coming up for you in the coming episodes. Big thanks to all our guests as always. Justice Hooney, big nights ahead for him. Akib Fia, as always, great to catch up. Craig Woodruff and Gavin Gwynn can't wait for that fight in Cardiff. Craig Richards and, of course, Sandy Ryan will be back next week from Nottingham as we count down to Lee Wood versus Mauricio Lara. Don't blink in that one. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.